let's use this podcast to really start at the basics and let your followers get to know you a little bit more. So can you just like tell us about yourself and who you are and what you do? Sure. What's up, guys? Jeremy Worden here. I'm a 26-year-old short-term rental business operator. I have an Airbnb business, a boat rental business, and then I've also built software out to help Airbnb investors become successful. So I'm pretty well-versed in the STR space and have a lot of experience growing businesses from nothing to uh, this last year pulled in a good bit over a million dollars. So hit that seven figure threshold for the first time. So pretty excited about that. But uh, yeah, I just want to give some background on lessons I've learned, uh, things that have helped me along the way and provide any value I can uh, to whoever's listening to this. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about like your social media and how you got started in the educational space? I know you're on TikTok and Instagram. So at the beginning of COVID, uh, March of 2020, I my salary got cut at my my job and I moved back home with my parents in North Carolina. And that was when decided to take a leap of faith and go out and buy a pontoon boat to rent out at a at a local lake. And that summer uh, kind of was started just filming some of the random crap that was going on, not not taking anything too seriously, uh, and posted a, maybe a couple videos that summer that it's actually seemed to have pretty decent traction. Uh, but then really the next summer, 2021, just saw some peers, uh, who you know had grown Airbnb businesses who were big on social media and I was thinking hey I'm doing the same stuff as then as as them why don't I I share some more and started sharing and uh, yeah really this past this last summer and then this you know up until this year and now I've been trying to up the content game and that's you know why we're here today yeah definitely and I feel like when we were in Florida you really upped your content can you tell them a little bit about what we were doing in Florida I mean yeah so we we bought and renovated a couple of properties in Florida also did North Carolina Smoky Mountains uh not no, Florida was its own beast and we're actually going this weekend because uh we just got some really bad feedback from our last guests on the property and uh the, the condition that it's in and uh, admittedly at, at the moment I'm not too trustworthy of our cleaners and their eye on maintenance items. So blocked out the house for this weekend and getting on a plane and going to go down there and, and look at it ourselves. Not too shabby, though, since we're going to Florida. I cannot wait to be in the warm. I know. I know for you, you're thinking, oh, you get to go to the warm, the beach. For me, I'm literally <laughs> thinking I'm walking around the, the house with a pen and paper and just saying, you know, pointing out what needs to be replaced and what needs to be fixed. So uh, might, we might have slightly different Florida. You might get mad at me. That's fine. We can have different experiences in Florida. <laughs> um, Meanwhile, we did have a different experience when I was working on the houses. You know, we, we bought two houses. Both houses took about a month, a uh, month and a half to renovate. And, and just for some additional context on like the timeline here, uh, March of 2020 started boat rental business was uh, realizing or had different renters for the boats who had lake houses on the lake where we were doing boat rentals and got into conversation about rentals with them, given I was the boat rental guy. And they said, hey, can you help us rent out our house? To which I said, sure, I can do that. And, and that's kind of how the Airbnb game started uh, for myself, was renting out uh, lake houses on behalf of owners. I would either rent the property from them uh, and then re-rent it, which is known as Airbnb arbitrage, or I would just manage it outright, which is known as co-hosting saw how successful that was being and how kind of lucrative it was and said, you know what, I, I want to buy buy houses too. So started aggregating capital or pooling capital with friends and going out to purchase initially lake houses, uh, eventually kind of tapped out the whole lake house ordeal 
uh, or they just got really expensive. So looked elsewhere. Florida, Florida was prime. Uh, you could at that point, you know, 2020, 2021, these houses were killing it on Airbnb and you could get a pretty good deal. So we purchased uh, in October of 2021, we purchased our first Florida property, spent about a month and a half uh, fixing it up, then got that listed Christmas of 2021 and then came back in March to do our second Florida property and then got that one listed in May. Do you think real estate is something that you were always interested in? Like, is it something that you always knew you'd be going into when you were younger? I know there's a lot of younger people that probably follow you on social. Can you tell your story about kind of what you thought you wanted to do when you were older at the age that you are now, you know, looking back on, like looking back at your college and high school self, can you tell me like how you got interested in real estate? And is this something that you always thought you'd be doing? Yeah, I mean, I was definitely, when I was younger, I thought houses were cool. Uh, I liked looking on Zillow for different properties. You know, I definitely, uh, what's the word when you like kind of dream for yourself or imagine for yourself or, th or think? Uh, I don't know the word. You try to think something into reality. Manifestation. Yeah, I was like, I guess I was like somewhat manifesty of like, I want a really cool vacation house. Uh, that was definitely a dream. And didn't necessarily think, you know, I'd never wanted to be a real estate broker, uh, but just definitely wanted to be involved in real estate. Uh, but yeah, didn't, I had no idea kind of the journey or path that I was going to take and, and definitely a bunch of sporadic random events. I mean, a global worldwide pandemic happened and, you know, pushed me into uh, a path that I probably would have never taken otherwise. Uh, so short answer, no, I, I didn't think that for myself. Okay. Do you think that everything happens for a reason based on what you just said? Yeah, I'm, I definitely believe in serendipity and, uh, and, and taking signs. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. So, you know, I feel like everybody recently has been talking or you read any sort of news outlet and it's all about like this recession. What do you think about, real estate during a time like this? Yeah. So, I mean, I, th I think real estate is just such a big thing, a big field uh, that it's an oversimplification just to say a recession will happen. Thus, all real estate is going to crash. That's just very much an oversimplification. Uh, I mean, early on in the pandemic, people weren't going to office buildings. So people were worried about commercial real estate, uh, given, you know, built, companies didn't want to pay their their rent when workers were, were working from home. I'm in a very specific niche of real estate. I do short-term rentals. I furnish a property, make it really nice, and make it so someone can show up, uh, come in, there's already coffee there, the, the sheets are on the bed, the towels are, are placed. So I obviously, like I'm, a, I'm somewhat siloed. I think overall with real estate, there's supply and demand, and right now they're not building uh, real estate buildings fast enough or houses fast enough for how many people want a house. So there isn't a supply and demand mismatch like there was in you know 2008, 2009, they overbuilt. And I mean, we can get into the exact reasoning for that, probably leave that for another day. But in terms of what I focus on, that's furnished short-term rentals. That is my bread and butter. And of which within the furnished short-term rentals, a majority of my portfolio and my listings are targeting the multi-generational family travel. Uh, we're specifically, generally speaking, within an hour and two hours of growing cities, and these cities are still growing. Like recession or not, 
you know, Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina, Miami, Florida, Charlotte, North Carolina, Nashville, Tennessee, like these areas, Colorado Springs, Florida, like these areas, these are cities that are that are growing for a multitude of reasons. And regardless, they're going to continue to grow. And we are an hour, an hour and a half, you know, outside of them, generally speaking. And uh, the the target customer we have is, again, a grandma, her, her kids and her grandkids, you know, multi-generational travel. And personally, I believe if there's a really bad recession, that family who might have gone on a plane and gone to Turks and Caicos, what they're going to do is they're going to get in their minivan and they're going to drive an hour. So that's really, again, I position myself uh, kind of somewhat conservatively, but also where I think, you know, in the long run has the most opportunity. So, uh, so everybody essentially don't oversimplify things. Like think about like if you're a real estate investor, think about your situation. What like what is the specific niche you are in, and kind of ignore ignore the noise, so to speak. Okay, can you talk to me a little bit about short term rentals versus like mid term rentals versus long term rentals, and why do you prefer short term rentals? So yeah, just it's yield. Uh, long term rentals nowadays. Again, I I've only you know I'm 26 years old. I've really only been an investor for three or four years, but within the time I've been looking at deals and looking at properties, the best I could see for a long-term rental is like you might cash flow a couple hundred dollars a month, which cash flow is after all of your expenses, the money you put into your pocket. With short-term rentals, literally the forced short-term rental properties I had exposure to uh, were cash flowing thousands of dollars. Like one property was cash flowing thousands and thousands of dollars. I was like, wow, that's amazing. I mean, that's insane. I mean, the first properties that I, you know, I, I was operating literally were out earning my job by like a fat, like a, by like an ample, like a multi, a multiple. So short term rentals, when done right, you can cash flow serious, serious amounts. Mm -hmm. So last year we spent a lot of time in Florida and you and your friends bought a couple of investment properties in Florida. Can you tell me a little bit about what you guys looked for in the town that we bought in that you thought was like a good investment area and why? You really like Florida, don't you? Well, I just figured we could talk about yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, again, this is our overall thesis. Uh, we target, and, and again, I, I, at this point, I have a somewhat of a diversified Airbnb portfolio. I actually have an Airstream camper uh, parked uh, outside of a university in, in North Carolina. I have a couple smaller apartment units and you know so several like you know medium-sized properties in cities. So, but again, the, for properties we've purchased, they have all every single property we purchased, which we have bought eight to this point. Uh, they are all again with the thesis of that multi-generational travel. So we don't look for one, two bedroom houses. We look for minimum four bedrooms houses. Uh, so again, you can have parents, grandparents, and kids all with their own space. We want, you know, we want people to think that they don't have to leave this house, that they're saving money because when they go to this property, it has everything they need uh, for an enjoyable and an Instagrammable vacation. So we look for unique properties that are going to, you know, draw someone's eye uh, relative to all the cookie cutter Airbnb listings there are out there. So also in Florida, obviously the beach is important. So we want to be close enough to the beach. You don't, you know, you don't need to be on the beach, but you need to be close enough where you can kind of market the property as a beach house. 
and you need a pool. I mean, that's just, you know, rule one, Florida short-term rentals. People are coming there for a pool. You need it. Okay, talk to me a little bit more about how you said you like to make the properties Instagrammable. Like what goes into the design of these houses? Yeah, so I definitely don't really have a design background uh, personally. I mean, do you Kate, feel like you've gotten good? Kate, at Kate, Kate dresses me. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Um, I'm, I'm never. We try as I sit here in leggings and an oversized leather jacket. Yes, but and Uggs. I like the Uggs. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So it really depends. So we have mountain properties. Obviously, the view. You know, at a mountain house, you're thinking about you know sitting over the hot tub, looking out over mountains um at a we have lake houses it's the lake house it's the view of the water that's something we try to capture for okay but the color scheme wise i feel like you guys when i've looked at a lot of your properties and you know you've shown me all of the professional photos and i do feel like there's a little bit of a formula to the colors oh, yeah. that you choose what you look for when you're designing the property so like tell me about kind of your go-to schematic for the colors and and shit that you're choosing for the house yeah so we come up with a color scheme for each property every property is different uh initially i enlisted the help of interior designers but honestly eventually we started doing the interior design shout out sarah yeah she was great she she taught us a lot and honestly at this point kind of it and designed the properties and claire claire was really good yeah and at this point i mean they're I still can text them and like, hey, what are your thoughts on, on this or do a little video chat? But at this point, I actually do the design. I have no design background. But I'm, I feel like you've gotten it down to like a science. science. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a lot of like, guys, it's a lot of blues and whites. He does a lot of neutral colors. Like, yeah, unless, you can talk about if, that. If the house has distinguishing features that make like make it have to be a certain color feature, then I do that. Otherwise, I'm going grays, blues, whites and some black. Uh, it's pretty pretty simple. I, I reuse a lot of the same furniture. I uh, get it from you know Wayfair Professional uh, and their short-term rental section and Amazon Business. Uh, I reuse, yeah. So essentially design from one house, a schematic from another, a painting mm -hmm. from one house, I will reuse in another. And I, yeah, I try to make each bedroom kind of have its own color, color theme, uh, slight, you know, you can do that by you know, throw blankets and quilts. We love a theme. Yeah, so, but, you, you know, I don't try to do anything too crazy, but I want it to look no. clean, but the, enough color where, you know, it pops. And I think the biggest thing, like, I always hear you on your calls talking to people when they ask you about, you know, like, I'm setting up an Airbnb, like, what do you recommend for furniture, blah, blah, blah. And the one thing that you always say is you need to depersonify Person personalize okay the one thing that you always say is you need to depersonalize the space can you tell me about that a little bit more yeah so that's you know if people have an existing property that they're trying to turn into an airbnb which is a lot of a lot of times with the case uh what they're you know the issue they run into is this is their their own home or this is their family's home and they have all their all their personal items in there and it's really catered to them and their family you got to get you got to get that that frame of mind out you are make you are catering this to your target customer and you got to really think about who is my target customer who is the demographic that we are we are going after uh like you can even think about you know which region are they coming from you know um uh, you really and that's like something like like in florida for instance we're like all right these are a lot of canadians a lot of people from the northeast a lot of people from the midwest 
Like, what do they want? They're coming in the winter. Like, what are they doing? They are escaping the cold, you know? So when they, everything, every branding, every, every little thing that we're doing uh, is showing them that they are getting that tropical retreat experience that they are leaving behind or they're leaving the frozen tundra behind, even to the point where like our pictures, literally, we, you know, we put out cups with bottles or we put out glasses with ice in them and pictures just showing how cold the water is. We have our umbrellas out showing that there's spaces for them to get shade. Mm -hmm. So we are just so thoughtful about literally the guest walks into the house. Who is the guest? What is like, what is the first thing they see when they walk into the house and everything? Like we think through everything. So you kind of make your Airbnbs feel like a hotel experience at home. We make it feel like an experience, uh, yeah, and it's just an experience. Not, I mean, obviously, we want that resort feel, and we do things to make it, you know, comparable so someone feels like they're staying in a resort. But ultimately, you know, they're coming for an experience. They are paying a premium because you've created a premium experience. Right. Really cool. Okay, so ah, so you guys have all these Airbnbs, and you specifically manage a ton, own a ton. You're arbitraging units, like. There's so many guests that are in and out of your properties. How do you deal with all of that turnover? Like, what does your cleaning schedule look like? How do you operate the business? How are you dealing with all of the guest requests and complaints? Like, how do you do that? Do you have, do you have advice to people on how to manage a big portfolio of these homes? Yeah, so the operations are super, super important. Uh, as much as it may appear that Airbnb is a set it and forget it entirely, go lie on a beach and, you know, money just flows in game. Uh, there's more to it than that. You have to set up systems and operations the right way and create both local teams. And then for the point we're at now, virtual teams, uh, meaning we, we have virtual assistants who are in charge of all digital communication with guests as well as scheduling, coordinating times with our cleaners, uh, purchasing you know, replacement items. But really, if I was gonna break it down, is you have your local team, which is your cleaner, uh, your handyman, you know, your landscapers, uh, which is, you know, landscapers are recurring service provider, recurring meaning they come you know, every week, every month. Uh, so you need, those are your eyes on the property. And not only does the cleaner need to be cleaning, but they need to be telling you when anything is wrong with the property. Guests are going to obviously complain when things are wrong, which isn't bad. Like think a guest complains. That's actually an opportunity for you to realize what's wrong with the property. But right now, for instance, like we've had a couple guests essentially leave really negative reviews lately. And I'm just and they've given us terrible feedback and at least terrible for my standards. Again, I'm you know, super host. I strive to be as close as five stars as possible. And to the point where I don't trust at this moment, I don't trust that our cleaners are using their eyes and telling us what's wrong with the property. Generally, that's what you rely on the cleaners for. The cleaners are the ones there, they're looking around, they're saying, hey, you gotta replace this. Hey, like we need to get someone in here to fix this. That's, that's on your cleaners. Uh, so that's literally, you know, right now in this instance, you know, again, I have, 20, I have 22 listings. That's why we're going to Florida this weekend, people. That's why we're the going to Florida. The cleaners are not doing a great job. They're just not, they're, they're doing a good job. They're doing an okay job cleaning. They do a really good job folding the towels. They, they make I little have, swans. I've never seen anybody fold the towels the way the cleaners in Florida fold towels. They make swans, which is cool. But, you know, they don't, they don't say, hey, <laughs> they the, towel, the towel's ripped. 
You know, they'll turn they'll turn the ripped towel into a swan, but they don't, you know, to me, I'm like, ripped towel. Literally a swan. Do you guys want to see a picture of, we should we'll, definitely. We'll, we'll, we'll try to get some pictures of swans. But yeah, we're going to Florida, so that's an example. So Wait, can, you, can we talk about one of the situations that happened in a pool? So Jeremy and I were out to dinner in New York, and we get a text from one of the cleaners, and it has a picture of what looked like a blow-up sex doll in the pool that the guests had left. Can you talk to me about that experience and what ended up happening? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I was just, and they, well, they left it there. They sent us this picture with the, with the like comments, this is disgusting. It was, it was pretty yeah. disturbing. It literally looked like a floating body, but you got, when you got closer to it, it was literally a floating like sex doll. Like the it, kinds that you would see in like bachelor m- movies. That was yeah. That that's probably probably what it was. I'm I'm not going to uh, make assumptions as to why someone had a blow up doll of a human being that was naked. Uh, regardless, what you know, getting the picture of that to me, honestly, I've seen. I've definitely seen some crazy stuff. Uh, like the time that there was a porno filmed in one of the lake houses. Yeah, we we've had yeah. There's there's stuff you know. There's parties, porno. Okay. Like, there's all let, that good let, stuff. Let's so just, the let's sex just... doll to me, I'm like, get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. Like, like okay, just throw it away. Like, that's not a big deal. Yeah. But then they actually took the picture. They messaged us about how disgusting it was. And next thing I, you know, next day, I look at the, you know, we have some exterior cameras, and that was it was actually on the exterior camera. And I, I pull up, you know, my app, and I'm looking through, it and I'm like, wait, why is it still? Why is it still there? You just right. point out how disgusting it was. <laughs> yeah. Like freaking, yeah. I don't know. Use a use a use a pool. Right. And pick it up and put right. it in the trash. Like, right. light it on fire. I don't care. Like, get rid of it. Yeah. So, I want to get to the DMs that people sent you, and we're going to do that in five minutes. But, well, let's just look at some of them, actually. Let's just do it right now. Let me uh, read them to you. Can I read them to you? What were your bad friendship experiences? Well, let me read them to I you. I mean, this is early. We just, we, just, okay. we just posted that like 10 minutes ago. Okay. So, the first one is from Mr. Ty, and it says, Is your dong kosher? That is not at all short term rental related. Uh, I don't know. What do you want me to say there? I'm. Why don't we say Mr. Ty? I'm gonna say. How you say? How you say, Mr. Ty? Can you do your last? Okay, this time? isn't like this. Okay, fine. This okay, isn't sorry. A freaking, I don't know okay. what you think this is. What were your bad friendship experiences? All right. Well, if you want me to, at this Does point, it have to tell the truth of your personality? All right, all right. My friend Eric said, "Is your dong kosher?" So um, that's a Jewish comment. I am uh, come from a dual faith household of christian and jewish faith and uh i would sure my dog is kosher let's let's just his dog you heard it here folks his dog is kosher okay (laughs) um next question is what were your bad friendship experience but what were your bad friendship experiences but i'm going to twist that and say i know that you've bought houses with a lot of different types of people in the past like you've bought some with friends some with family what would you say you've learned from buying properties with friends or family? Yeah, so I did not have the means at 23 years old when I was starting to just go out there and, and buy all this real estate. Uh, unfortunately, that, that just was not, not the case. So I had to raise capital. Who did I do it from? Friends, you know, fr- predominantly friends, friends and, you know, close family. Uh, so... Yeah, definitely. You know, people say don't go into business with friends and family. 
that, and you know, when I was posting social media clips about what we were doing, majority of my comments were, you know, this isn't going to end well, like you're making a huge mistake. Don't mix friends and family and, and business. But I didn't have an option. It was either sit on the sidelines or make it happen. So I chose the make it happen path and definitely have learned a lot about my friends, different people, business, relationships, the commingling of all this stuff. Have you learned more about me? Well, Kate, I mean, you have been a part of the projects. Kate has unfortunately not invested in any of them. Yes, uh, I have. I mean, I've been there. I've painted. She's painted. Stuff You've been very helpful. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I think I, I built that dresser that one time in Florida. I think definitely everybody, you know, is closer now who we've had these shared. A lot of times when we've bought these houses and we've worked on them, have worked on them. It's like we have friends. some of us like have beef for sure, but like it's this like it's supposed sibling, to be an educational podcast. It's like not sibling like a, beef, <laughs> not like a not like a, like a drama. Like hey, talk about drama. Yeah, but we can be fun. Uh, um. Okay, I want to talk a little bit about Airbnb Calc because I think Airbnb Calc is really cool. And I know you've been like the like the big thing, I think, at least from what you've told me and from my experience with short-term rentals is if you're looking to buy a property, you really have to do your research on the property that you're going to buy. And one of the things that you can do is use Airbnb Calc, which is something that you and your friend. Airbnb oh, shoot. Airbnb Calc, guys. Sorry, my girlfriend doesn't even know the name of my... I think it should My, be Airbnb call. That's more specific. Um, you okay. can't you can't call something Airbnb. Oh, it's okay. something called it's a trademark. They have a trademark for. Oh, it. let's talk about trademarks. Can you tell me more? So a trademark is the right to call something something. Yeah. I know uh, Kate started her. Didn't you get in trademark issues with something? With my brand. Yeah. I had issues with the entire legal situation that I tried to do. I couldn't figure out the LLC thing. I wasted a lot of money on that, probably over it. Which is ironic of. because I one of the things I do is teach people how to start their Airbnb business. And you didn't help me and at the all. The first thing we do is how to create an LLC because that's just something you want to nip in the butt. And yeah, admittedly, you don't you know you don't mix mix business and. Uh, I asked and him to help me with all of this stuff, and it has done nothing but cost me money. And he was like, "Just figure it out yourself." I literally can't. Yeah, uh, it's quite evident. <laughs> Listen, I'm sorry. Uh, you have there are roles and responsibilities in any relationship, and mine is just not the finances. It's not even fine. It's just learning how to make it. Okay, well, regardless, let's switch switch subjects yeah. here to so. Yeah, a big part of any type of investment, whether it be Airbnb or doing a business or Keep telling us. whatever it might be, <laughs> is. Doing analysis, understanding, having projections of what your revenues and expenses are going to be, and in the middle there, your profit. Uh, I'm specific. I do Airbnb. That's 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 my niche. I also do boat rentals, but let's just you know I'm focusing on helping. Shout out Shannon and Kevin. We love you. Our local crew who is very good at handling some of these maintenance items I talked about that some other of our crews are at the moment. We will introduce you guys to them at some point because they are legendary. All right, yeah, we've got some legendary crews, but regardless, running the numbers is super important, and I think that's the biggest. You're talking about the Airbnb bust that so many people voice their, their thoughts on social media that, you know, the impending doom for everybody with an Airbnb, and uh, admittedly, you know, definitely, you know, any business, not every single person doing that type of business should be successful. Then 
if everyone was successful, then nobody would be successful because then people would just keep piling into the space and it would be so easy that eventually it would get more difficult. And that's to an extent what happened with Airbnb, but it was just really easy for a while for really bad hosts to make money. You know, ones who had done no analysis, investment analysis, they had no, done no diligence, they had looked at no comp properties and they just took, you know, crappy iPhone pictures and threw something up there, had no pricing optimization, had no, no, just, just no best practices being followed. And those days are, those days are to an extent, you know, somewhat behind us. So what I do as a full-time investor is I'm very thorough. Like whenever I analyze a property, there's a whole science to it. Uh, you know, looking at the comps, you know, and then built out software that leverages AirDNA, which is the top AirDNA software, top short-term rental software provider to essentially make it really easy for someone to plug in an address and get an idea of what their profit is going to look like for their Airbnb investment, whether it be a property they buy or one they rent from a landlord. Mm-hmm. Oh, what else do you want to talk about? Just, you can keep, uh, you're, this is your, your podcast here. Oh my God, this you're is the, my podcast. You're interviewing. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think we can play a game. All right. Well, Let's this, make this, this about we us. We don't play games. That's. Let's make this about us really quickly. I want to do one of these things where we close our eyes and point at each other. Hold on. Who said? I do like the one. What are your bad friendship experiences? That's uh, only good friendship. Okay, we're doing this 14-question thing, so you have to close your eyes. And it's really just the sound that matters. All right, we're about to get through this. Okay, here, ready? So let's make it quick. Close your eyes. 14 questions. Who apologizes the first after a fight? Who's you have to point at yeah. yourself. Who's more romantic? Wait, we should start it again. Sorry. All right, I got, I got it. Okay, Sorry, ready? Close your eyes. Eyes closed. This mm-hmm. one's for couples. 14 questions. Who apologizes the first after a fight? Who's the funny one? Who's more romantic? <laughs> Who's more patient? This one's for couples. 14 questions. Did we do that? All right, we don't have to watch that now. But, uh... Yeah, we're going to try to make this a more consistent thing uh, now that we have access to this incredible studio. And we'll have I'm going to have other people on uh, that, that aren't my girlfriend, uh, other short-term rental operators. He hates me. That are in the area, in this space. and um, But it, I'll be back. Kate will definitely be back. She's integral. And hopefully actually continually do this because this is really cool. Wait, let me do a video where I show them my shoes. Okay. For some reason, I had this video that popped off the other day um, because I was wearing these Mad Happy Ugg collab shoes. I didn't realize how big of a deal they were, but you guys asked for a try-on haul, so these are them. It was you them. guys, my social media followers, asked these are you them. for a try-on haul. Like, what? <laughs> you just, are you serious? Like What? My so my social media followers asked you for. Well, a we can trial. cut this up into little you, pieces. Are you cutting it up? Yes. Are you cutting it up? Yes. Then you have to cut it up. I'm cutting. I'm it not. Up. I'm not cutting this up. <laughs> You're just gonna post the entire thing. I was going to, yeah. Oh my god, I Man. didn't expect that. We should have came with more of a plan for what we would talk it's about. It's not that hard. This isn't that hard to do. But yeah. Okay, well, well guys, this was so fun. Um, I'm gonna steal some of the clips from this, especially the ones in the beginning of me just literally talking to you guys and my FaceTime with. We met at Acme. That was so cool. Yeah, that is cool. Well, I hope you enjoy that. I'm going 
gonna sign off here we're gonna do the i guess this was kind of the kate mackie podcast yes make sure you thank you for watching make sure you follow us on all of our social media platforms your username is jeremy warden spell that for me it's like here someone's gonna put it up okay his username is <laughs> not spelling it jeremy warden jeremy warden and mine is kate max beautiful awesome until next time love you guys Cheerleader.